0: Business transformation is complex, but why? How can we navigate the transformation pitfalls more easily and with the continued support of all our stakeholders, our board, shareholders, employees, partners, and most importantly, our customers? I'm Pip Marlowe, CEO of Salesforce Australia New Zealand and your host for today's Future of Business Now podcast. This is one in a series of short podcasts where we're speaking to industry leaders about the major hurdles organizations face in today's business environment. We're delving into challenges, opportunities, and responses in the short, medium, and long term, the aim of lifting the tide for everyone who shares those same opportunities and challenges. Joining me at points along this business journey of exploration is Australian TV personality, radio presenter, and businessman, Russell Howcroft. Together, we'll explore central themes for business success including customer experience, business transformation, accelerating value, IT transformation, employee engagement, and business growth. Continuing the series today, I'll hand across to Russell now, who's speaking with Kieran Omara, the Executive of Software Engineering from Telstra.
1: Thanks, Pip. We all know business transformation takes time, experience, and a huge amount of skill and commitment. But how can we make business transformation simpler? And what can we learn from those who've been through or are still in the business transformation mangle. Today, we'll look at how to start with a single view of your customers and the needs of the communities your business serves. We'll then look at how to better understand the role of corporate culture, business strategy and technology in enabling you to quickly realise efficiency and cost benefits while staying competitive and dealing with the unexpected.
2: I think that was one of the key things that made the transformation a success was that sort of resilient and unrelenting vision to complete the job. I'm
1: Russell Howcroft.
2: And joining me today to
1: talk about his experiences in business transformation is Kieran O'Mara, Executive for Software Engineering at Telstra. Thanks for joining me today, Kieran.
2: Hey Russell. Happy to be here.
1: <laughs> it's great that you're with us. Um, we've been having a lot of fun talking about business transformation. Um, and of course, uh, in the world of Telstra, that's a, that's a big beast to transform. So I'm looking forward to getting deep into your experience there. Now, Kieran, you've got an Irish name, a Scottish education, and a recommendation on your LinkedIn profile that says you're a and I'm direct quoting here, a master at making technical information accessible and interesting for those who don't operate in this field. I like you already. Everyone knows who Telstra is, but maybe you could start by sharing a little about your role there.
2: Well, so as you said, I run software engineering now, but when this all kicked off, I was part of the retail business and it was my privilege to lead the retail team through what was known as the da Vinci program which was pillar one of the t22 strategy that i think some people might know about and in that role i led the transformation that delivered the new product constructs and the new customer experience
1: so when i think about telstra and i think about transformation what comes to my mind immediately is oh my god that it must be an unbelievably
2: huge thing to huge task to undertake um how big is your team it's a big team and a lot of that resource is in software development um, because much of what we're doing really comes down to building the systems and the products that we take out to market. Um, but, yeah, it's a significant undertaking and it goes right across, you know, every discipline you can think of in the organisation. Do you
1: – I imagine that you would use outside outside help as well, so third-party suppliers, to give you a hand with your transformation?
2: Oh, we absolutely do. In fact, we rely on several – different vendors um in different countries to help us um there's a real mix of skills as well so we've got partners that help with some of the strategy work you know right the way through to uh you know testing software at the other end of the process so um there's a real diverse mix and that's actually part of the um you know part of the valuable makeup of the team is to get that diversity into the team as well
1: can you give us a little a little insight into the ways of working at Telstra
2: well, the ways of working at Telstra over the last, I'd say, the two to three years have really—they've um, shifted leaps and bounds. People who, who were in the organisation years ago wouldn't recognise the place these days. In fact, I've spoken to some people who've come and gone through the period, and they don't uh, recognise where we are now. Going back, maybe even two years ago, um, if you think about the ways in which we engaged with partners, it was very much a You know, let me write down what I want for you, give you that, you quote me on that, I'm gonna hold you to account on that thing. And then when you don't Mm -hmm. deliver it back to me, I'm gonna blame you. Right. So that's
1: I've I've had that experience.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So that classic waterfall um engagement model with large partners. And there's there's examples everywhere, right? You look at, you know, data say it, you know, some of the public sector programs, big infrastructure projects, they all fall into this the same or similar trap. Um Mm. the way in which we engaged with partners fundamentally different the way in which the business internally organized itself also fundamentally different you know like a lot of large enterprise organizations telstra had grown lots of little fiefdoms you know lots of little silos lots of little teams doing you know mostly amazing work and mostly very well intentioned work but we were actually competing with each other internally to to some extent and that was creating lots of inefficiency and often at the expense Mm. of actually what really matters, which is the customer and, and, and our product. So the company has undergone a substantial transformation, um, and that was that third pillar of the T22 strategy I mentioned before, around how we organize our teams and how we organize work. Um, internally, we call it Agile at Scale. But really what it's about is putting everyone of a particular expertise into a common area and allocating them out to work. So they, they have a home. With with like minded people, they can grow their skills, and they flow to the work that they do day to day, and then that changes over time. So there's a lot more flexibility across the organisation. There's been a real push to try and take layers out of the hierarchy, um, so to move away from the old command and control. You know, walk into the general executive's uh, office, um, you know, the corner office, and that sort of really old. Uh, Corporate culture to one that's very open, very flat, very collaborative, Um, and you will hear people on Telstra a lot talk about servant leadership, uh, which is really about the the senior members of the team understanding their role now is to is to support everyone doing the work and remove the things that get in the way, Um, you know, rather than sitting in the office and inspecting things and and dishing out orders. So that's been a real um, uh, sort of foundation of the change over the past few years and, and has made a huge difference across the business.
1: So um, let's use hindsight again. So um, tell us about some specific uh, challenges that presented themselves to you and your team on your transformation journey.
2: Sure. Um, Well, look, I think like a lot of transformation examples, we experienced some fairly classic uh, difficulties or challenges. I mean, one is the fact that you're transforming the business um, tells you something about the business right there's something wrong with the business um, that says that you have to fundamentally change the structure of your business change how your people work change the product that you're um, taking to market um, but oftentimes the sort of day-to-day the fundamental need for change gets diluted because it's it's actually fine, right if you, you if today you ge- generate revenue from lots of product features that frankly customers don't care about, but they bring in dollars, yeah. right? And to simplify, we're asking you to turn them off, right? That's a really confronting decision for somebody who's accountable for that p right? So that cultural dynamic was, um, was there and, and that was a challenge we had to work through. On the people side, the nature of transformation is that you have to work differently. Uh, So getting people to work differently was a challenge, even down to understanding what different is, you know, so to work agile versus how we worked in the past, um, to work with different technologies, uh, you know, to work to design a different channel experience for the customer. You know, if you haven't got that context and you haven't got the right mindset to solve for that, that's hard. Nice way to solve uh, for that as well. Um, Cost was a continuing challenge because, of course, like most transformations, uh, we really struggled to stay on budget. We had overruns, you know, so managing financial. So, like, lots of the classic things, no particular uh, things that were unusual. Um, I think what was different was the way in which we dealt with them in this transformation. And we had the absolute backing of the team from the board and Andy all the way down. And one of the things that um, I think is a, is a key indicator of success for Telstra was from the board through Andy and the CEO team right down to the working team, There was a level of confidence that we were going to get the job done. And certainly to, to the CEO and and their team as credit, they held their nerve. Right. So when these, you know, when it got difficult and we were late, you know, or the proposition didn't test well with the customer and we had to change the proposition and go again, you know, when those, when those events happened, Andy and the team, when they could have pulled the plug as it happened in the past, you know, in previous examples, they held their nerve and they didn't pull the plug and they were absolutely committed to finishing the job Um, and sort of working through the challenges. And I think that was one of the key things that made the transformation a success was that sort of resilience and unrelenting vision to complete the job.
1: Well done. So, but it's interesting for me that you talk about finishing the job because when I think about transformation, I say, well, is there an end?
2: Yeah, it's a, you know, it's a, hotly debated topic in lots of um, lots of circles, I suppose. Um, there is isn't. there isn't, is my view. So I think there's there's degrees of change, and there are some big change events, and then there's continuing change. I think um, one of the things we certainly talk about from a, from a technology perspective is, you know, if you look back, there's schools of thought that say, you know, tr- big transformation programs are a thing of the past. You shouldn't have to do them. If you do them, you've failed in the past. Um, but the reality for a lot of corporate Australia in particular is they've got aging technology. Um, they've got aging ways of working. Uh, they've served their business model to a point and now, you know, whether it's the digital hyperscalers like Amazon and Microsoft or, or whoever, you know, new entrants, whomever, the fundamental shifts are forced in a different way, of thinking, and, and it's happening really quickly. So yep. You don't really have the have the privilege or the opportunity to, to change organically. You have to. You need a step change. There has to be an intervention. So right. by definition, you need the transformation event. But that transformation in itself has to set you up then for the way that things happen today. So for that organic evolution at pace, and I think for us, that's what the transformation has delivered. So absolutely, now the transformation is not over. In fact, in many ways, it's just beginning. Uh, at Telstra, now that the, the heavyweight investment is finished, but the uh, the ongoing organic organic change now can happen at a pace and a scale that we couldn't have sustained before.
1: Everyone listening to this podcast is going to say, "Goodness me, Telstra, enormous! How does one transform Telstra?" And clearly, you have successfully done that. So let's let's see if we can give some people some lessons learned. So, some really big cornerstone um, strategies, some cornerstone cultural things whatever whatever just give us give us a lesson if you would kieran
2: well well, i'll tell you what my lived experience right whether this is a lesson for everyone or not will depend on their circumstances but for us certainly there's probably four or five things that defined our probability of success and i kind of touched on a few of them before so that that clarity of vision right so the the T22 strategy and the why behind that, and then the absolute clarity. So in our case, the absolute clarity for the mass market business in how is it that we're going to change the product experience? And how is it that we're going to take that to market? That was clearer than had ever been defined before. But more than that, the organizational willingness to get there was crystal clear. So there was a sense of belief In all of the teams. And I think, like a lot of organizations, everyone knows to some extent how they need to change, how that business needs to innovate. The thing is, we don't. We choose not to because either it's confronting or it's a little bit scary or it's deemed to be too difficult. But in this case, we had the vision and the organizational intent, and there was a sense of belief that we were going to do it. So that was the first thing. I think the second thing then was that point around resilience that I spoke about before. This was not easy. If you go back and look at the public announcements that the team made when Andy and the team announced to the board and you look at how we got there, you know, dates came and went, scope was adjusted. That journey to get to the outcomes I described before was not the same as was committed or conceived up front, albeit the end outcome, you know, was the same. But that resilience to keep going and not lose your nerve when things became difficult was another key hallmark of success. But the people who need to hold their nerve start at the top, right? The board has to give the CEO the backing. The CEO has to hold the line with the teams. And then that has to permeate right through the whole organization. And I think without that, what happens typically is confidence is lost. That next budget review cycle comes around and people, folks, go, you know what? I don't we'll want to shave
1: shav- a bit off here. We'll shave a bit off yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, Exactly. Right. And then you're into the spiral of decline. So that that's the second thing. That strong sponsorship and resilience, um, non-negotiable the third thing I think um, was in the team itself we worked really hard so we talked about this transformation being a business-led transformation but it was a colleague of mine and we worked really hard to make sure that there was no sense of different teams coming together to deliver this but rather one team and we went so far as creating team identities and brands and eventually we're her name's Karen, and my name's Kieran. So the team started calling us K squared because you could almost predict yeah. what one or other would say on a on a given question. That that sense of one team, you know, shooting for the ambition, uh, I think was was critically important. And the culture around achieving that ambition and the desire to get there was really strong. We over-indexed relative to the rest of what the organization might do in things like team brand and image and uh, ceremonies and culture, and how teams come together to do showcases and things like that. Um, so we we created a sense of FOMO, I suppose, about being part of the team and and, and want to be on the journey. Yep, um, love that. You know, which had a, a real uh, a real drive behind it. And I think last was uh, the, and it's not rocket science, but it was just the the real attention to detail. Uh, the detail matters, and that translates to, you know commercial managers who wouldn't typically get involved in software development or the business transformation nuts and bolts, really seeking to understand and get into the detail on the features they want delivered or or the change they want implemented or a process here or an organizational design there, really getting into the nuts and bolts and seeking to understand in an awful lot of detail because it was a constant negotiation on you know, how, to, how to navigate this path. Um and I think that was a was a key difference. It comes down to, you know, we we cycled through quite a few people, and it's no secret um, that you know we, we cycled through folks who just didn't have the right mindset, mm. um, or who wouldn't get into the detail. You know, everyone had to roll their sleeves up and and get stuck in, and so we did pay close attention to who we select um, and who comes on the journey, who's part of the team, because that really matters.
1: So, Kieran, my um my friends at Salesforce tell me that there are there tends to be five big factors um, that impact a transformation. So customer, cost, competition, PNC, people and culture, and change management. Is it, so I'll say those again, customer, cost, competition, people and culture, change management. Is it possible to rank those in the in the world of Telstra, what matters more than other?
2: Um, my view, uh, I'd have a go at it, so... It starts with the customer, right? So fairly uh, obviously cliched, whatever, but if you don't understand the customer and who you are solving for or who you're seeking to serve, you may as well go home. Um, Yeah. Second for me is then the people. The people you choose to drive the transformation, their mindset, the way they turn up to the work, actually the interest they have in the customer how, how close are they willing to get to the customer? So think about a finance analyst. How close is that finance analyst going to get to the customer? A software engineer, how close is that software engineer going to get to the customer? How Do they understand how to do that? And do they understand how to translate that to their context? That really matters. Yep. Um, the change management, um, I think the change management... Is part of the, the fabric of what you create. I'd find it difficult to prioritize it relative to the others. I'd say customer first, people second, um, cost third. Right, you got to manage to your budgets, and I actually put competition yeah. last. Right, and the reason I put competition last is on a transformation, you're not solving for your competition uh, with your competitors. You're solving for your customer. The competition is kind of interesting. You need to know what they're up to, but you're not solving for their context. You're, you're trying to solve ahead of them. right? So it's like you know that strategy question of what context am I solving for? Am I solving for today's context or am I solving for tomorrow's context? You're solving for tomorrow's context for your customer. And with the look into your competition is how you trade, I would say, day to day and how you compete day to day. It's not where you go looking uh, to transform because really what you're trying to do is you're trying to disrupt your competition you're trying to leap ahead of them yep. and you already know where they are so for me be customer people cost competition and the change management piece is just a fabric of the whole thing you create the change yep. is constant and you have to build that constant mindset of change into the team and the fabric of everything you do every day
1: Okay. Today's podcast was with Kieran O'Mara, Executive for Software Engineering at Telstra. Thanks again, Kieran. Thank you, Russell. Sincerely, congratulations to you um, and all that you've done at Telstra. Uh,
2: Congratulations goes to the team, Russell. Um, It takes an army to pull this off. For more content,
1: tools, and custom stories on business transformation, please visit the Salesforce Business Transformation landing page. That is at sfdc.co. Forward slash business hyphen transformation. We'd also welcome your thoughts and feedback on everything you've heard today. So please do take a few minutes to share by emailing us at podcast at salesforce.com. That's abmpodcast at salesforce.com. Please also look out for the other podcasts in this series on the future of business now, brought to you by Salesforce. My name's Russell Howcroft. And I look forward to speaking to you all again really soon.
0: That was incredible. Thank you so much, Russell. And a huge thank you to you, Kieran. I'm sure everyone has enjoyed your perspectives on business transformation and how to navigate the complexities of delivering business change and success in parallel. When you were talking about the importance of solving for your customers first, ahead of competition and cost, I have to say you really grabbed my attention, so thank you. Echoing Russell's request, please do visit our website dedicated to this business transformation discussion at sfdc.co forward slash business dash transformation. There you'll also find more great insights and resources. My name is Pip Marlowe. I look forward to speaking to you again soon on the future of Business Now.